on today's player pool. Quick show today. Close, great, entertaining. You get what you pay for. NFL and DFS weekend. Gonna go over the lineups and the road ahead. Let's go. It's the Player Pool Podcast with your host, Austin Raboyne. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Player Pool Podcast. I'm happy you're here. I hope you're happy you're here as well. What a week we just went through. A high-scoring nuclear week across the board. To me, this week was all about, well, if you play DFS, there is an entertainment component, and occasionally you pay for that entertainment component. I was all over the leagues all day. I had five lineups out there, three of them being borough lines. Probably the least amount of money I've ever won with the most lines and placements uh, like I could ever hope for this week. So came out this week, negative 8% return off of what I went in on, which is very sad because all day in the hunt, big time, basically my day hinged on Boyd and Kenneth Walker at the end of their games in the afternoon. And damn, did Boyd not drop a go-ahead, which would have been game-winning touchdown pass for the Bengals that cost them that game? Not being talked about enough. I feel like the Bengals get constant passes no matter the outcome, no matter their piss-poor record now. It's like we're just like, oh, they'll turn it on, it'll get going. But hey, we're past week 10 now. And the Bengals aren't there, and Boyd's dropping touchdown passes, and he's dropping my biggest win of the year. That's what happened when Boyd dropped that pass. Now, later on, I also watched Kenneth Walker, who did his job. You know, I called it on the Friday show. He's going to be one of the better running back plays, and he was, thanks in large part to a 60-yard touchdown run. But, hey, points are points. It's Hey, it's all about the result. I don't care how you get there, and I really don't. I really don't care how these players get there because as long as they're eating that large plate of volume and opportunity, that's all I care about. You know, however it gets there, if it's in one player or over 22, I do not care. So Kenneth Walker at the end of the day, I mean, my lineups are there. I'm watching Boyd. He caught a big 50-yard pass towards the end of the game before dropping his touchdown pass. That was an opportunity for me to just sit on top of the slate. Another part was Kenneth Walker got three Three goal line carries at the end of the game. Doesn't break through even a yard. I think he lost yards on every carry. It just wasn't going to be allowed. I was not going to be allowed to crush it and be in the number one slot for the first time across the board this year. And I'm okay with it. Because you know what? Didn't lose hardly anything. And that slate from start to finish was probably the best Sunday of football so far this year in terms of entertainment. Now, didn't look like it was going to be a high-flying Super entertaining slate to begin with, but man, I mean the the witch the witching hour of the first round of games, fantastic. And then the at the end here, it had me jumping up and down. I mean when Boyd is running his big long uh, touch or catch that he could not turn into a touchdown. Ah, at least I was like up jumping up and down, rooting, having a great time, high fiving everyone in my basement. Uh, that's right. I have a basement. I watch my NFL in two screens. It's a walkout basement with outside windows. It's kind of like a subterranean, uh, subterranean, you know, living room is kind of how I like to view it. But no, I mean, hey, this was the week. Entertainment, the price to play DFS, the added extra entertainment. It made it all worth it uh, for me. So 
had a good time. I hope you guys did too. It, it, it's one of those weeks where the scores are so high that it's it's really kind of it will start to break down the player pool process to a degree. You need all the stars to perform, but when you got when you got like 20 something guys all above 15 20 points, it's going to start getting real messy and it's going to start favoring those lineup builders that truly just try to pick lottery numbers in each of their slots. So, stick with it, you know, stick to the plan. I I don't know how everyone did this week. It seems to be a pretty mixed results week. Uh, but I hope you had fun with it. So uh, next week, Tuesday, got to make this announcement. It is Thanksgiving. So we have a lot to be thankful for this year. The start of this podcast, the growth of this awesome player pool following that just keeps gaining momentum. We're seeing the growth week to week. So excited for that. But next week is Thanksgiving, and it is a great opportunity for the first time to show you how the player pool can play a three-game slate. Thanksgiving is probably one of my favorite NFL days of the year because you can old-school bet a little bit where you can bet game by game because it's going to be on TV. You're going to be at your family's house, you know, somewhere. You're going to be in some living room, and eventually five minutes in, all the small talk conversations are going to evaporate. So what else do you have left to do? Uh, Football, right? So Thanksgiving's great. You get three games. They roll into each other back to back to back. Adding that third game like they did a couple years ago, so smart by the NFL, just as a nice nightcap. So you can bet those games and have fun with it, right? You know, one thing I like to do, I'm not a big sports better. I don't like betting overs, unders, anything like that. But when I, you know, want to watch a single game and have a little bit of little bit of extra on top, I like to bet the first half total scores being either odd or even numbers total. So if you're not a, if you're not a sharp better when it comes to the sports betting stuff, there's your uh, I call that the diet coke of sports betting. Just bet the total score being an even number. Uh, but the other thing though is you know we do have three games and I'm going to put a special episode out Tuesday next week. We're going to walk through how to attack this three game slate and I'll be pretty direct too. I'm going to show how the player pool can do it. And then I'm also going to really try to hone in and give you all some good information. Just so you know, as you're on your Thanksgiving, you're having something fun to kind of look to. It just, uh, you know, just enhances the whole day. So, all right, well, Hey, I'm going to get to my lineup reviews and then I'm going to get out of here because I have a dynasty matchup right now with one of the better teams in the league. I think I'm the best team in the league and I need Russell Wilson and Stefan Diggs to score I think a combined 32, 34 points uh, for me to, to win and move on to 9-1 and one in this Dynasty League. So I'm going to get through my lineup review. I'm going to send you all out, and then we're going to hit this next slate, Week 11, hard. I think, truly, we are honing in. I felt it all week. I was like, I know this slate front and back. As long as the weird stuff doesn't happen, we're going we're gonna to place pretty well. And what ended up happening is... A little bit of weird stuff happened. A lot of guys hit high scores that were nowhere near my player pool. Uh, and, you know, and I still placed across all these leagues. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like this is the time of the year. We know the league. I know these teams. I know what they're trying to do. And we're just going to keep rolling this player pool process into week to week to week. And hopefully over the next, you know, six to eight weeks, we can start kind of lumping these wins onto each other, uh, stacking them up a little bit. And that's what I've been doing the last four weeks. Start of the year, big chunk losses last four weeks just filling those holes in with all these little chunk wins that we've had so kind of a kind of a an even you know non-starter in terms of this week we'll carry that momentum into next week but okay all right let's get to the lineup review
God, looking at this again, this was truly a week. I, I cashed four of five lineups, and they were all so in the back end of the leagues that I ended up just barely, barely taking a, a shaving of a loss. But four or five cashed, and they literally all minimal cashed, even in leagues. Uh, you know, all anywhere from five to, to 12 with, I mean, just bulk stacks in, in the 10, 11, 12 slots in these leagues. Brutal, brutal. But, hey. Five lineups this week. I'm proud of all of them. I really am. Uh, great week. But also, a little overconfidence can flood in, especially on a high-scoring week. Uh, but here we go. I'm going to hop in right now. Starting with the worst one. And like I had mentioned before, three Burrow lines this week. I just really loved Burrow, and it did not burn me. Uh, but we'll get to some guys who did. So, fifth lineup, worst one of the week for me. Scored 125.98 points. A Burrow stack. This one I had Burrow stacked with Mixon, who I did not love heading into the week, and I was right. I mean, 11.5 points, that's not hitting 2x value, so maybe should follow my instincts there. Mixon looks to me kind of like Rashad White at this point. They seem pretty interchangeable if you're looking for a comparison. Inefficient runs. Everyone's really high on Rashad White right now, uh, but and, and he put in a decent score this week, but I do not think that car is moving as fast as people want to say it is, so... Anyway, this one stacked Burrow, Mixon, Boyd, Tank Dell. Good stack for that. I wanted one without Chase with two touches on it. I just couldn't get away from the from the Mixon Burrow thing. Just envisioning a dump off in the in the end zone, and it was a lot cheaper on a pretty expensive week. It was a lot cheaper to roll double stack with Mixon and Boyd. One thing on these very pass oriented quarterbacks who rarely rush, right? So like Josh Allen, he's a guy you could play naked because he's going to rush enough get his own points Jalen Hurts while he rushes you he's a guy like he rushes and you can play like one guy with him and you're kind of covering the stack better but something about these these mainly passing quarterbacks I'm talking the Burroughs the Trevor Lawrence's the even the Justin Herbert's now you really in my opinion gotta double stack these guys to truly maximize right like if you're trying to just hit just a cute 2x with that quarterback mainly and oh a little side dish of one guy that's great but if you're trying to like be in the game the highest scoring game of the slate and really just pulverize people which is the route that would have won you the the week this week i just think these pa mainly pass oriented quarterbacks they got to have two pass catchers it just makes just makes more sense it's it's kind of like a range of outcomes question right if you only put one single stat guy with them, uh, and uh, again, I'm talking about like a Burrow, you only put one stack with him, what's your range of outcomes? Either he feeds that one pass catcher a nuclear amount of targets, which is possible, but unlikely, or you have two guys on the other end where he feeds them both that make sense and their value-ish plays, and, and it kind of just raises the entire lineup. That's kind of how I see that. It's more likely that the quarterback puts in an above average day and feeds two of the got two of the you know three to four options, and you have two of them. It's more likely that that happens than a 15, 20 reception day just between one quarterback and one wide receiver. Uh, so that's that's just one way to look at it. Now, obviously, Jalen Hurts and like AJ Brown, you probably should just play that stack every week. Burrow, Chase, he's got to be with his buddy. But if you're doing multiple lineups with these types of pass-oriented quarterbacks, I just think double stacking is smarter. Hopefully that made sense. Let's get back to the lineup review. So after that stack here, I had the two running backs, 
Derrick Henry just had to get him in somewhere, plugged him, covered my exposure, got absolutely fried by him. Two and a half points. That's the reason that this lineup fails because hardly anybody else failed in this lineup. Uh, I had Bijan Robinson in the flex with the best stack. I mean, this was the best correlation probably of the year. And they even matched scores. Trey McBride at tight end. He's not going to be 5,100 again this year. But 17.1 points for both those guys. The easiest stack of the week. If you did not have a lot of this correlation, not just once, but two, three, if you played five lineups, you really got to ask yourself, go back through your process and ask yourself, why did you not come to more Bijan Robinson, Trey McBride stacks, especially if you played one or the other in a lineup? Playing one but not the other in a lineup, throw that lineup away. Like really, really go back and ask. If, if that's you, ask yourself, how the hell did I end up with one and not the other or not at all? If that's you, you really got to answer that question for yourself. And let's see here. I also, another single play that didn't have any good correlation on the side, but I forced it. I forced Mike Evans in here with Derrick Henry and it just didn't work out. Mike Evans had a great game. He caught the touchdown pass, but damn, he tried. He dropped one too. Uh, hi, hi, hi. But he got it done at 12.7% ownership, 23.3. Uh, and then at the end here, this one had the Saints defense, which uh, got dobbed on the week. So uh, noted. Dobbs, he can light some uh, some fantasy defenses up. All right, the fourth lineup here. This one cashed primarily in the large field GPPs and may have snagged a couple leagues at best, maybe one or two, maybe. Scored 137.52 points. The Lamar Jackson line, who's probably drawing your ire uh, like he has for me. I've played four Lamar lines in the last two weeks, and they've all underperformed, largely because the quarterback just does not play to his strengths in the games. I'm watching these games, and here's Lamar doing a seven-step drop back, reading, reading, stepping up in the pocket, then side to side, side to side. Dude, run. Run. It's time to run. Be you. You got the big contract now, too. Be you. Go shove. Instead, he lets a bad Browns team hang around. And guess what? They end up losing. So that's how I feel about it. I don't know why we're trying to make things more complicated in Baltimore than they need to be. If first and second read aren't there, Lamar runs. Super Bowl. All right. Uh, let's see. Did I stack anybody? Did Definitely did not stack any Browns players with Lamar. Looking through this, I think the idea here was the I wanted one lineup with some big Big wig wide receivers, and unfortunately, I just couldn't line up the correct ones. So my value, my lowest play uh, running backs on the slate, I did not thankfully play Madison, but I had Bijan in here with Aaron Jones and Singletary, and then my big, my big uh, wide receivers in here, CD Lamb and DK Metcalf. I wanted a piece playing DK Metcalf this week is a good example of how, how you get a piece of a positive game script positive matchup for a team facing a very pass-friendly defense. So this week, the Seahawks were playing the Commanders at home. Commanders giving up hella yards, like 260 yards a game uh, this year through the air. But you can't feel confident playing Geno Smith stacked with anybody. And I just felt like, well, if I can't really invest in this game at the quarterback level, jumping on that, I just couldn't pull the trigger on Geno. I'm going to get a couple pieces of it. So I rolled the dice. I played DK Metcalf. Once again, wrong choice. Should have played Lockett, who scored more for less salary. But, hey, I made my choice. I lost. I'll live with it. At least I finally played DK Metcalf for, I think, the first time this year. Still doesn't feel like it It paid off. Uh, so, yeah, the three wide receivers in here. CeeDee Lamb, 34 points. 
God, that guy's on fire. Uh, let's make it official. Slate Breaker, CeeDee Lamb, still proven otherwise. Now, keep in mind, the Cowboys have been playing scrubs the last couple games. They have not played even that medium-level football team. So it could come down to earth when they're playing a legitimate contending football team or even like those middle, upper-middle teams like like Miami, who's not super tough but can kind of thrash a little bit. So I'd like – I think, you know, Dallas, Miami – even Cincinnati, to some extent, those are all kind of together and where they're they're definitely contenders, but they're not like tough enough to really shove another team around and exert their will. Uh, but CeeDee Lamb, he's taking advantage of cupcake matchups, and they have a pretty easy schedule over the next couple weeks. So it's probably going to be more of the same in the CeeDee Lamb realm. Let's see here, too. Oh, yeah, this lineup also, I, I tweaked it last second because I had to have that Dallas defense who only got eight points. All right, enough of that line. All right, next lineup. This is the third highest scoring lineup placed in large field GPPs. About two-thirds, eh, closer to one-third of, of the entries in the leagues for this lineup cashed like at 12. <laughs> 12 and 1. They scored 144.88 points. Another Burrow line stacked with Boyd. Pretty, uh, pretty simple. And then Noah Brown running it back. I've given you Noah Brown. The last two weeks, and if you've played them, you've been up in the money the last two weeks. So, along the lines here, too, I was able to play Christian McCaffrey. You got to get a little bit of that in. A good example, like I said, of when you're paying that much for a slate breaker and they don't hit that two and a half X value, it's still nice to pay 10 5 for something and get 17.2 back in points. I mean, it's not quite. It's pretty much one and a half times. I mean, I'll live with that. It doesn't kill you. It's still a pretty good chunk of points. Then this one had another correlation of B. John Robinson, Trey McBride, Kenneth Walker at the flex. I mean, this lineup, while it was my third highest scoring lineup, could have easily been my highest scoring lineup and the slight winner. But it wasn't because this guy, Calvin Ridley. Two catches, 20 yards. As everybody was freaking out at halftime that Chris Olave hadn't had a target, I pointed out on Twitter that Calvin Ridley hadn't scored a point, a fantasy point either. And guess what? Not a lot of people cared about that. And I think that's because a lot of people have written off Calvin Ridley. I think I'm holding on to things. I think i got to let things go. Calvin, you may be one of them. Uh, yeah, but beyond that, like I said, Bijan, the Trey McBride shows in here. It's great. Tampa Bay defense, great call. 13 points. Love it. Uh Overall, a good line. Uh, just like I'm looking, I keep going up and down, look for something to complain about other than Calvin Ridley's three points. I'm looking at 13, 19, 17, 20, 15, 17, 17, 21. Dear God. Next line. This one, almost, this one scored 145.52 points. This was the lineup I had that targeted the Detroit Chargers game. And a good example, again, of when you see a Kind of a nuclear matchup that can really hit the roof. you got to have some touches to it. So while most of my builds were mainly focused this week on Trey McBride and Bijan Robinson correlated stacks with Burrow lines, uh, this one I knew that if this game got going, both, both sides would get going together. Both players on both sides would be usable. So I did a pretty hefty stack on this. I had Goff, 21.12. Eckler running it back, 19.5 points. Amon Ross St. Brown stacked up with golf, 26.5. Boom. And then I had Sam Laporta. 
I just liked, I viewed, since I had Noah Brown in here as well, I kind of viewed Noah Brown as my bargain bin tight end and just wanted that chance of 11, 12 targets going to Laporta and two touchdowns. And he was ch- it was cheaper to get to that than it was to get to another big stud at wide receiver. So I felt like that was a fair trade, and it just didn't work out for me. There's been two times, I think, this year I've gone up into a, a you know a tight end four, three, two, or one, a really high-scoring tight end when they've their scores have – I'm sorry, their salary has dipped down. It's not worked out for me one single time <laughs> this season. So you'll find me disrespecting the tight end more often than not. But in this – and this stack, because I could not afford a Herbert, you know, double stack with anything that made sense, I just felt like a golf double stack was the only way. And as I saw it, a, his the second receiver on this team is Laporta. It just didn't happen to be this week, unfortunately. Some places I plugged in holes here. Devin Singletary, 22.6 points, you know, as the value running back of the week. That's why you play those players. I mean, if you know a guy under 6K who's getting starter touches, you don't care about the matchup. You don't care about anything because when that 5,700, 5,800 guy does this, it completely upends the slate. You know, absolutely. So, and then beyond here, Aaron Jones, I just fell for it. 7.4 points. The guy's washed. I said it a couple times on Sunday. It looks like no player can turn a 30 yard screen pass play into 15 yards better than Aaron Jones. Zero breakaway speed. Zero. I mean, it's just not there anymore. Uh, and it may not have been there you know, last year either, unfortunately. Uh, then we got Tennessee uh, defense at the bottom. Unspectacular, but cheap, doesn't hurt you. Six points. All right, top score of the week. It was another Burrow line. It was This was the big boy one stacked with Chase and Boyd. I think total this stack. I mean, this, this stack kills. 42, let's go. Like 56, 57 points just between those three players. Redonkulous running it back with Noah Brown gives me 20.7 more than I had the. I mean, I made this lineup. I remember when I made this lineup. I made this lineup. This is the first lineup I made of the week, and I made it in probably two minutes while I looked at my player pool. And this was set on Friday night, and I didn't touch it uh, the whole way to Sunday. And this thing just, I mean, just slammed. So the only thing that didn't slam in here was Tony Pollard. Ugh. And guess what? If you're bad on, if you're sour on Tony Pollard right now, again, they got some more cupcake matchups in the next couple of weeks. He makes sense. It's almost like B. John Robinson. Pollard's price is going to go down, and you're going to play him because the matchups are, are good for Dallas up until about week 14. But anyway, good lineup here. Did I miss anybody? Kenneth Walker's in here. Uh, Trey McBride. I mean, at the end, basically, it comes down to the two culprits are in this lineup, too, though. Boyd and Walker. Boyd's missed touchdown catch. Doesn't make this lineup a slate winner. Kenneth Walker, you're asking for a lot. You know, you're kind of spoiled by the end when he's already scored you 19 points, but yet I just want you to go ahead and get that one another touchdown. But you're watching the game. He gets those opportunities late in the game that puts it over the edge, and it just doesn't happen. So that's how close I am. And I just keep repeating that because sometimes that's the evaluation. You need to meet. You need to make when your lineups don't quite go as you like. It's not necessarily a problem with the player or what you did. It's just that right in front of you, those golden opportunities that you really work hard for and and try to put these lineups together for to put them into good position to just drive home and kill these contests. Sometimes those golden opportunities happen and the outcome you want doesn't. So 
that's why I'm in pretty good spirits once again, where it could have been a week where, you know, could have had three, four, five hundred percent return. Instead, I have a low, you know, a low loss, but I'm in good spirits because I know it's just, you know, it's a breeze in the wind at this point is what's keeping me from the top. So good, entertaining NFL week, having a blast. We're going to head into this week 11 slate. We'll have a good show out for you Friday morning to get you prepared. And then I'm very, once again, very excited for next week. The Thanksgiving week is fun because you get to double dip, basically. You're playing DFS twice over the course of four days. It's a freaking blast. So we'll get to that. First things first, we got week 11 ahead. Hope you guys are having fun. Take these next couple days to just pull away from football. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. We'll see you in here Friday. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Player Pool Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Player Pool Pods.